Welcome to Masters MMA, the fortnightly show where we break down all things MMA, funnily enough. My name is Joe, as always I'm joined by Matthew, my man. How are you doing, Sam? <laughs> my man, alright, Sherry? Good. <laughs> Glad tidings. Glad tidings. It's, obviously we're approaching the festive period, I know you like to get into it. Where are you at with the festivities at the minute? Do you ever get Christmassy? Are you are you there at a minute or do you need a little bit of little bit of mistletoe? Yeah. To I, tick you in the head? I was thinking about this earlier actually, I had a feeling you might ask. And uh I I I'm not in the Christmas spirit. I'm not actively not in the spirit, if you see what I mean. I think I just need a little bit of cajoling to get me there. Uh maybe some pigs in blankets might do the trick, something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do like them. I've been uh, munching my way through the supply of uh, Christmas twiglets, so I've had to go and get a uh, restock of those today because they're they're just too Moorish. What's Christmassy about? Or they're just I just have them. Yeah, they're just they always come out at Christmas, don't they? Well, when I was growing up, you had just chocolates all day long and nuts. So <laughs> yeah, the I classic to truly get into. I've got an advent calendar for the first time in about. 15 years on the go at a minute lint one nice it's a posh got to do it very posh um that's sorting me out in the mornings but yeah i'm a little bit <laughs> when you're not going out as much the christmas do's and whatnot you're not you're not wearing the paper hats it takes longer to get into the the spirit like you joe i'm i'm fishing for it but i need to, yeah. to be cajoled in as you said so yeah i'm getting there but not quite there yet well we might as well get into some uh fight news then it is a uh... Traditionally, a decent time for fights coming up this weekend. We've got a big pay-per-view. Kind of been waiting for it, I feel. And uh, Charles, it is big Charlie Olive up against Dustin Poirier for the lightweight title. And it's a very interesting one, to say the least. Obviously, there's lots of directions that, that either man could go after this one. There's plenty of challengers waiting in the wings. But this is certainly, uh, certainly an eye-catching fight. I do think you've got Charles with his story behind him. The, uh, the comeback trail after what some might call a, a somewhat journeyman career for a little while there up against Dustin Poirier, who could probably quite rightly be considered for a while now the, the next best after Khabib. And since Khabib has moved on, Dustin's sort of, sort of uh, put, uh, pussyfooted around the title a little bit, obviously going down the Connor route. But he's, he's there now. And obviously he's hoping that he hasn't, he hasn't sort of put that off for too long. Charlie Ollis spent a bit more time as a champion now putting a bit more work in it certainly is an interesting one what do you make of it what are your thoughts on it leading up to it i'm definitely excited for it without a doubt it's i like i like both lads so that's always a tricky one in it you can't really sort of get too tribal with it and mm. uh, like your football teams and stuff but uh, you, you win either way but you're going to lose either way joe it's one of those yeah, it's just way you're going to look at it um i'm just looking forward to a cracking fight i've been flip-flopping a little bit i was always uh Heart was just saying, I want Oliveira to get the job done, but head ruling with Poirier. But now I'm sort of like, have I been led up the garden path a little with the two Connor wins? Is Connor just completely done? And we've just completely forgotten <laughs> yeah. about the Khabib loss where he got completely dominated. And that beating Connor isn't probably quite as impressive as it was perhaps five years ago. Um, so I'm kind of leaning back towards Olives. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of leaning back towards him. Um, uh, Another reason is that that his win against Chandler, he did something that someone like Gagey couldn't do in 15 minutes, and it's just something like that. I think he's got deceptive power 
in his uh, super technical striking. And I think that's going to catch people unawares. And it kind of thinks uh, a bit lackadaisical when they're standing with Oliver because he doesn't seem or appear to have that knockout power and that scary physique. But he's, he's technically so sound and tight that he's, he carries that power in that technique, doesn't he? So, and that's what we saw against Chandler. He sort of got a bit too carried away on the feet, a little bit sloppy, and, and he paid for it. And I think something similar might happen to Dustin here. And I'm... I'm leaning towards a Charlie Oliveira TKO, Joseph. What, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? I know you're a big proponent of the Brazilian. Yeah, uh, good points there, I think. I, I, I kind of want Charlie Charlie Olives to win. I do think, I do like the little story, the journey that he's on at the moment. That would probably be quite devastating for Dustin, having spent so long at the top. You know, he, he seems very intent on getting that title, doesn't he, at some point, and he's kind of put it off. Things might backfire on him slightly. Calling a winner is a tough one. I'm not sure. I have been I have been fancying Charles for a while. I do fancy Charles. I think you made a good point last time we had a chat though, and we mentioned it briefly. Is Dustin has got proof and experience in those later rounds, turning fights around, putting the pressure on. And we haven't we haven't perhaps seen that with Charles. He had a little reputation in the past for for not being great at that, which I think he's 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 almost almost. He's almost disproven. I think certainly this win here would do huge amounts for Oliveira to beat Poirier. You know, I think it's kind of... Um, there's no questioning Oliveira then. I think at the moment there might be some questions around Oliveira perhaps, but to get a win over Dustin Poirier would be fantastic. And I guess potentially for Dustin, it would be a bit of a kick in the balls, but he could probably still go and fight Conor McGregor for, for funsies. Well, that, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, Charles has way more to lose if he loses the fight than, than Poirier, which yeah. is remarkable considering um, where he's come from. He's still got some massive fights ahead of him, whatever happens here. But Charles can almost, he can almost touch that just pot of gold yeah. that is the big, big fights. If you beat one more fire in Dustin Poirier, who's like a true star, isn't he? he is. So if you could do that, and I think it'd be a lot more devastating. And like you say, if, if he loses... You don't see him in any sort of pay-per-view headliners or or other big fights. Whereas Poirier, he's got that Connor trilogy or no fourth fight uh, and others or well or wait wherever he wants to go because he's got that back catalogue, isn't he? So it's it's very interesting whatever happens moving forward. Here, a very important fight in the division because obviously there's other fights made which we'll get talking about later. Um, it's it's very very interesting, Joseph. I, I have no idea which way it's going to go. To be honest, though, I mean, how do you call it? How can anyone confidently call how this one's going to go? No, I agree. I agree. I don't, I don't think they can. And I think if you're looking at a co-main event, you're probably thinking something similar, aren't you? Amanda Nunes up against Juliana Pena. 50-50. It is close. Tight. Well, it, there's always someone in there. And I'm clutching at straws here, Joseph. There's always someone who just... It, it, it happened with uh, Holly Holm and what's her chops? Ronda. Take, at the time, everyone oh, Ronda, thought she was yeah. unbeatable. With, with, with hindsight being 2020, it does look a bit silly that... That was such a shock. But, I mean, this would be a ridiculous one, to be honest. I mean, Pena, two and two in the last two, which shows you the state of that division. It is a bit the dry as a bone, that one, isn't it? So they're just trying to scrabble out any sort of contender. But Pena, I did rate her a few years back, but she's been on a bit of an up-and-down turn of late. And Nunes, the only thing that's going to stop her is if she goes all Rocky free and gets all just complacent and she's a celeb about town and stuff like that. And I, I can't really see that happening. However, unless she's got a one foot out of the door, what with having a family now, she's looking at boxing or 
post fight career. That's the only thing. Complacency is the only thing that's going to beat her, isn't it? I think so. I think so. You're looking at Nunes, her last two fights. Wasn't too much going on for her. Her last test was probably Jermaine Durandamy, who actually beat Pena, didn't she? So yeah. potentially, potentially there's a chance she has sort of lost her way. But we we kind of said similar things last time before her last fight. She'd become a new mum in that time. You're wondering if uh, kind of priorities are changing a little bit. And she came out and looked even more ferocious in a lot of ways, didn't she, Amanda Nunes? So again, probably another win. Fair enough. I'm never going to complain about seeing Amanda Nunes fight. You know, it is tough where you go from here. Maybe do we get the Shevchenko fight? Because, oh, <laughs> like you say, I don't really know where, where else you go. I think she's going to have to retire at some point, just on top. Like, what, what can you do? Well, maybe I mean, maybe, well, and, and, maybe you just, unless, maybe you just say on. you retire and take like a year off and wait for someone else to get the belt and then come back and perhaps you earn a little bit more money that way and it's a little bit more exciting you've seen someone else win a couple of fights or you know I mean it's not a bad shout I mean she only fights like once a year anyway right so (laughs) why not but it's you know you're going to get with her and which is a selling point to people in itself people would tune in to see that's the Tyson effect isn't it bit of a cliche but it's why people tune in to see a bit of an obliteration but (laughs) poor old Juliana hopefully she can put up a bit of a fight and you never know you never know, do you? No, you don't. You don't. You never know. You do never know. But it's a good card, isn't it, this one? This Coming up this weekend, you've got Jeff Neal up against Santi Ponzinibbio. Jeff Neal lost his last two. Ponzinibbio, kind of everyone's a bit of a fan favourite, isn't he, really, after that kind of long time spent out. I think it's an interesting one. Striking battle, isn't it? It's going to be a, a stand-up fight. He probably, you know, Jeff Neal came in looking, look, looking good, doesn't he? But having lost those last two... I think I think you do have to fancy Pontanibio in this one. Yeah, I think it's just, I think it's on here just because it's quite a fun fight. It's quite yeah. odd that there's fights on the prelims that are arguably a little bit more title contentiony, mm. if that's the the most uh, <laughs> the best word, yeah. whatever, whatever word to call it. <laughs> Can't even speak. But I think it's on here because it's going to be a cracker, isn't it? Pontanibio it is. He's is a fantastic striker. Bar that loss to the leech, he was on some ridiculous run. But obviously he had that little run out um, on the sidelines. And Neil, yeah, he's hit a bit of a, a bit of a wall, isn't he? But he's Magny's an animal. Wonder Boy's Wonder Boy. They're two tough losses, so this would be a long way back for the loser. But it kickstarts the other in that welterweight division. So it's sort of a good opportunity for him because they're only here because that Edwards Masvidal fight fell off. You would say, I would say this is probably the one that was bumped up. Might be wrong with that, but you would look at it, mm. that card, thinking that's the one being bumped up. So, good opportunity for the winner to put on a show on a, uh, a massive card, end-of-year card, like you said, Joe. They always put on the big cards here in December. So, big opportunity. I'll probably lean towards Ponzi as well. I think he just looked yeah. a bit... It would be easier, wouldn't it, that fight? It was a bit of an animal yeah. fight, a bit of a dog one. And uh, he just looked... Yeah, very, very scary young man. Any others take your fancy, then? Well, I, I'm looking at it, right? And I'm thinking that the, the prelims are arguably better than some of the main card fights. And they've got a lot more jeopardy in there, Joseph. Um, so I'm going to bump down there a little bit, Go on if in. you don't mind. There's a couple on there. I think Josh Emmett, Dan Ege is going to be an absolute war. That's on there. Just flown under the radar completely at featherweight. Yes, yeah, great fight. Um, I mean, that, like we said, there's much like, maybe to not this extent, but like the bantamweights with Nunes, 
Volkanovski's running out of challenges. So put one or two fights on, on the bounce with impressive performances for their likes of like Ige and Emmett. They can throw themselves in there because they've not fought him before. So big opportunity for them. And two of Asa Sakai, that's, that's a cracking one as well. You you always love to see a bit of Tui, two of Asa. do. You do. Yeah, that'd be a good fight, actually. I think, uh, yeah, potentially that's a, a good winnable fight for two of Asa. I think so. I think that's why they've done it. They, he needs to get a little run together. I think we mm. spoke about it in his last fight when he got a big win. That he's been thrown to the wolves too early and he was fighting Junior DeSantos like a couple of fights into his, <laughs> his tenure, which was far too early and he got exposed. And I think this is a fantastic fight and a fantastic platform for him. Uh, but making up the prelims, which I like, is Munoz and Cruz. Cruz, second fight in a year for the first time in must be a decade in my head. Yeah, it probably is, isn't it? And what, do you think any of these can make a run at it, Joseph? We see what uh, Aldo did. We'll get to him later. But we've seen someone have a resurgence like them. Can Cruz do the same? I'm not expecting it. No, no, I'm not expecting it, to be honest. I think Munoz, same for Munoz. I think Munoz potentially had his, uh, his shot a few fights ago, you know, a couple of years ago. Some, some, you know, some kind of uh, bad losses since then. I do think it's a fun fight. I think it certainly puts them, it puts them in a mix where they can potentially, you know, say a few words, get a little bit of hype around them, get a good fight, a big fight on a main card and stuff like that. But I do think it's a long shot if you're asking them to go up and 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 beat the the top one or two there. Are either of them mad if they don't call out Sean O'Malley on the mic after? I think yeah, absolutely. I think that's a perfect perfect call out, isn't it? Right there. O'Malley on the same card up against, to be fair, uh, you know, a, a, a decent fighter in Paver, won three in a row uh, after losing his first two, coming from a contender series. So yeah, I think you've got to call that Sean O'Malley, haven't you? I mean, it's interesting to see where Sean O'Malley is going to go from here. It is kind of a little bit of a running joke that he, he talks a lot, but then takes these fights where potentially you've not really heard of the, the bloke too much. The biggest name he's fought, Marlon Vera, lost that one. So uh, I think certainly... You know, potentially, let's say, you know, you've got Cody Garbrandt on the on the card as well. I know he's kind of, he's dropped down for, for, for the moment. But uh, potentially, some people are going to be getting on the mic. I think Dominic Cruz, if he wins, will have something prepared. Uh, I, I don't know how that will that will come out, but I definitely think he'll have a little, uh, a few lines in, in his mind. He's good. He is good at that. you got to uh, give the boys, Joe, I, I do like Cruz. He's been one of the... Uh... One of the standouts on the mic throughout the years, and I think this is the perfect card for it. Like you've got Garbrandt, O'Malley, and Cruz. All of them have been. It's been a free way of chat for yeah. years, isn't it? Yeah. And one of them's got to be fighting O'Malley next. I mean, it's weird though. What do you make of that? Munoz and Cruz—they're both ranked. Calling out someone who's unranked, who's fighting late in the card. I don't know. What do you make of it? Is that? Is that right, in your opinion? I think Cruz will be able to sell it, no, no problem at all. I think um, at this stage in, in his career, Cruz will probably make some kind of uh, thing about teaching the young the young kid a lesson sort of thing, fight a real proper veteran, something along those lines. And I think you could make that work. The sort of, um, you know, oldest elder statesman in Dominic Cruz, bit of a legend, former champ, up against the sort of mouthy, trashy sort of young kid would be a... Uh, a decent kind of show. O'Malley, you could say, arguably will be top 15 after this fight at some point. They'll probably rank him. So, no, I reckon Cruz could sell it. Munoz, it might look a little bit different. Do you think O'Malley uh, 
becomes champion, Joe? I wouldn't have thought so. I think, like you say, you can never say never. He could get the fight and knock someone out in the first round. It does happen. Whether he'd be able to go on and defend it once or twice or even even more, I wouldn't be so sure. I think there's certainly plenty of fighters out there that would have a plan to beat him. I mean, I'm looking at him. He's, he's 27 now. I didn't think he was that old. Mm. I know that's not old. <laughs> but it's when you're down there at Bantamweight and you, you start to hit your 30s, you do you consider it a little bit older. And I think Jan's probably 26, maybe 27, mm. might even be younger. And you think some of the fights he's fought and he's technically defended the belt multiple times. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. And, and you see where O'Malley is and you've got to think, where is the way in for O'Malley here? And is this these tactics working waiting on the money you're on now not fighting anyone ranks to to then get a bigger contract before you start fighting them and stuff like that and before you know it the time's gone right but um obviously you must know what he's doing he's a massive star he's on the main card and cruises on the undercard so he's he's definitely got some clout there and he's doing it by fighting people who aren't that good technically <laughs> compared obviously Paivu is very good but compared to uh, some of the ranked fighters there at much lower levels but yes yeah, it's just interesting i was, I think he's just going to go the way of, I don't know, Sage Northcutt's a bit of a, bit of a push. <laughs> but somewhere like that, someone yeah, that's clearly trying to push, but he's not going to get over the line. I just don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why he's not called out for that Vera rematch. That throws him straight back in there. It's a great storyline. But we shall see. Joseph, you mentioned him before, Cody, Cody Garbrandt, he's on there at flyweight. What do you make of this one? I mean, it's a good fight. Kai Kara France, good fighter, two and two in his last four. It's, it's it's interesting, isn't it? It's going to be interesting to see what Cody looks like at that weight. Will he have any power? You know, Kai Kara France. He's, he's a nippy little bastard, isn't he? He's got some. He's got some uh, speed about him. So, if 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 Garbrandt doesn't maintain that power and doesn't ma- manage to land like a, a a weird knockout blow like he did against Munoz. Uh, potentially it could be a long night for him, couldn't it, over the course of three rounds. So, again, interesting, interesting. It's um, it's difficult for Garbrandt, isn't it? I think we all had high hopes for him. And I don't, you know, I don't particularly... I, I, like, for example, I think Garbrandt would have a better shot of winning the title still than Sean O'Malley, if you were to ask me the same question again. So, I don't... For, for whatever reason, it just hasn't quite worked out for him. So, I would like to see Garbrandt make a go of it. If I'm honest, I don't really see flyweight as a long-term option for him, but maybe he could, maybe he can do it enough to get a couple of fights, and he might he might nick a title shot out of it. I think this is a blatantly a number one contender fight, even though already? he's won. Yeah, I think it is. Who else is in there? Yeah, I know what you mean. He's, he's one and four, but he, I think if Cody wins, he gets a shot without a doubt. I don't know if uh, Cara France does, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I would I wouldn't mind seeing it. Uh, nah, I wouldn't either. I mean, some of the lads he's lost to, he, went, he had that really dodgy three-fight run, didn't he, where he lost three ages ago at Bantamweight. So you've got to look at that a little bit different. It's not a one-and-four, like, like losing to smudges. Yeah. Losing to some top-level <laughs> yeah. fighters. Yeah, so, yeah. But I think he'll get a number one. I think if he if he wins this, he'll get the uh, he'll get the nod. But it's a very big if, if you ask me, because, like you say, it's big question marks. When you're 135 already, knocking down another 10, I know he's a little bantamweight, but Jesus, mm. that's a lot to knock off. Especially with his COVID issues and stuff like that. He was struggling, wasn't he? 
struggling the boy. So we'll, we we shall see, Joseph. But it's a cracking card, really. Uh, there was a couple on here I didn't even realise were on here. So I'm I'm well pleased. Oh yeah, top, top to bottom, absolutely cracking. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll have to see how those fights go. If you're listening to this afterwards, you'll obviously know whether we are uh, making any sense at whatsoever with what we're saying. But we will, we'll move on. We'll still a little idea that we had from last, last the last episode that we had. I apologise. Um, so, yeah, we're going to work our way through the weight divisions and uh, bring in a bit of news from last week, this week, from whenever. 135 pounds, bantamweight. Jose Aldo, we mentioned him briefly there. Beat Rob Font by decision. Good fight. I mean, Jose Aldo looked pretty dangerous, didn't he? Font Font had some good moments, but uh, Aldo almost seemed to overpower him, didn't he? A little bit. Obviously, he's at a lower weight class nowadays, but yeah, it looked superb. I thought Jose Aldo, and uh, we talked about title shots just there. Is Aldo there? Yeah, I know. I know it's it sometimes seems a little bit difficult to give Aldo a shot nowadays, but he's defying all expectations at the moment and. Kind of putting it, hammering away at that, at that title shot claim. Is now the time? I don't think so. Because <laughs> oh, he's won away definitely. He's defying science more than anything else. Yeah. The way he's going, he's been fighting for oh, early like twenty or something. Like he's been fighting for years and been in some wars, and uh, he's just an animal. I love him. He's just it would be a fantastic story if he did somehow, particularly if he goes beat someone next then beats Yan. After what Yan did to him in that first fight, if he could somehow yeah. manage that, that would be probably one of the great stories. That would rival your Bispings and, and you, the other stories that are out there. Um, I, I can see him definitely getting another shot, definitely, but not in the next one, I don't think. I think TJ's pretty much nailed on for the next one, surely, because that's a dream fight. Yeah, possibly, possibly. I, I think you might be right. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think... Something about Aldo, I think, potentially when they look at it, in terms of like the global audience, the wider world, has that slight McGregor stain uh, on top of, on, on over him. If you know what I mean, do, do, do you get that impression? It's, it's, it's definitely a, as a marketable point of view, or yeah, in his own mental. No, yeah, not in his own head. But sort of. Well, I, I think so because when you speak to anyone who doesn't really watch the sport that much would he is synonymous with that knockout mm. rather than his historic career in WEC and his his run at Bantamweight and stuff like that. Mate, I'd be absolutely fully gassed if he could somehow get this over the line. I mean, I asked you about O'Malley. Can he do it? Do you think he can do it? Or is it all dependent on the champion? Because I think he beats anyone but Yan. So if Yan somehow not got the belt, I'd fancy him. I think he could, yeah. I do think he could. I think I think he's been looking superb in his recent fights. I would like to see the Yan rematch. I would like to see it. Straight I mean, up, yeah, straight away. Yeah. No messing. Well, no. Long off Sterling. He's <laughs> yeah, I mean, the actual belt. The actual, the actual champ, yeah. I mean, uh, you've got to see that one first, haven't you? That's gone on for far too long now. You've probably get, got to get that one out of the way. But, I mean, Rob Font probably didn't do himself any real, real disservice there. Put up a, a, a good display. Uh, on another night, maybe you land a couple of shots a bit. You know, he just it just Aldo's power just seemed to be you know the difference maker, didn't it? Really. So Rob Fod, he'll, st- he'll still hang around again, and another one or two fights, and perhaps Yan clears out Sterling and Aldo or what have you. Font will still be around. Yeah, I, I do agree with all of that. I think he does have a smack of the old what we said about Oliveira. If he loses to Poirier, you could see him sort of. Mm. 
just going into the the mix and getting lost with the rest of the contenders yeah. because of his name. Uh, I see that happening to maybe Font. I think Font had a lot more to lose here than Aldo, but hopefully not because he did acquit himself well. And as you said, there are there's a, quite a few contenders there that he could fight that would get him straight back on the horse. But his name does let him down a little bit, doesn't it? Which so is a big shame in that aspect, but you can't be displeased with Aldo getting that win there. So hopefully big things for the future for both of them. Joseph, any other bantams there to chat about? Shall we move on to the 145ers? Yeah, move up to 145 and talk about, talk about a man moving down to 145, Dan Hooker. But obviously, uh, kind of kind of a bit of a rough rough skid, although he has kind of just been taking fights just because he's a geezer. Uh, so, yeah, decided to move down to featherweight. I think he uh, started at featherweight, didn't he? And someone beat him and he moved up. Is that right? He, he definitely fought. At featherweight, and yeah. then when he went up, everyone was like, "How did he make featherweight?" That's it. That's it. Yeah. And now everyone's probably saying, "That's a great move going down." At featherweight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. It's probably know. us who said it. it probably, probably. But uh, I think I, you're right. I think you're right. That's what happened. Yeah. So, you know, I I can't say I do think it is the right decision. I think perhaps, perhaps he's uh, he's just looking. He's looking at that lightweight division. And he's had a go, hasn't he, at the, at the top contenders. Suffered a couple of uh, bad losses, really, haven't they? Um, all credit to him for taking them. We all know short notice and all that kind of business. And maybe he's just looking a little stint at featherweight for a, a while. Might be a good thing if he can make the weight okay enough. Like, and, and to be fair, if he won a couple, he might even get a title shit, a title shot, yeah, a title shot in this division. So he can give that a go while he's there. But uh, probably not. Not not long term, the perfect move. No, he he's very tall, isn't he? Mm, he he's is. a tall young man. I don't I don't I don't know if I like it, but having said that, a couple of points we just made before. Firstly, lack of contenders for Volkanovski might not take him long, particularly if he uh, beats Holloway again. Uh, Volkanovski that is, so he might uh, jump the pecking order a little bit because he, over the last year he's come from a almost a no-name in terms of casuals and stuff to being a mm. pretty big, big star, I would say. Everyone knows who he is. And like you said, because he's a geezer and he fights anyone anytime. And um, his story has translated well to the masses. So that's only going to serve him well down at featherweight and perhaps a little bit of a, a cue jump to the front there. But also uh, Aldo, just use him as a, a sort of inspiration that someone, when he dropped down, everyone was like, what is this geezer doing? He could make lightweight back in the day. And he looked drained on his first one, but then he sorted it out. And now look at him, he's on the cusp of his second title shot in that division that everyone said he shouldn't shouldn't be in. So Dan Hooker should just take that blueprint and just run with it, do everything proper, diet-wise and all that, carry on, and just use Aldo as inspiration because he's proved that he can do it. Um, obviously, his body type might be completely different and all that shit, but <laughs> if he thinks he can do it, why not at the end of the day? And yeah. if he thinks he can perform to the same level, he's going to be an animal at featherweight. Yeah, he's about six foot. And yeah, and there's some fat cracking fights down there. So yeah. imagine him yeah. versus Yair or Barboza and... Holloway fight has got... Holloway. Run, it? Yeah. It's oh, everyone. All the, they're all lanky down there, aren't they? They are, to be fair. Yeah, the, the <laughs> tallest little blokes you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there you go I'm, I'm up for it now I've sold it to myself alright then moving up to 155 the lightweights 
fizzy here, talking about title shots, could be well on the way, beating another standout. I think they were both 10-1 and one or something going into this fight. Brad Rydell, great fight. So landed some, you know, to be fair to the lads, landed some good shots all round. Fiziev does look something a little bit special though and he goes and finishes it with a spinning wheel kick in the third round. So, you know, he ain't going to be in a title shot but once they sort themselves out at the top there, he very much could be by that time the next name on, on, on off the rank. Is he um, ranked now? I believe he was like 14 or 15 in this fight. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I love Fiziev. Oh, I think he's quality. Um, don't know what his grappling's like. Don't matter if you've got striking like that, I suppose, yeah, right? Yeah. I, 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 this is another reason why I can't stand Instagram. A couple of months ago, uh, someone put, who's the greatest striker in the UFC by division or whatever, and I put Fazeev. I think I said, I think he'd beat anyone in a stand-up fight. Like, well, everyone, no one was having it. He's boxing. Oh, I was like, it's, just, it's an opinion, mate. It's yeah. an opinion, and I'm glad I'll be improved right, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> hopefully they're listening. Doubt it. Spinning wheel kick. That would do you, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's better than your left hooks and all that. None of that rubbish. But what a, what a talent. And he's something completely different. He's just he's got that raw scariness about him, and he? he's just someone you just wouldn't mess with. Not that you'd be stupid enough to mess with any of these lads. Yeah. But he's got that grizzled look, and he's I don't know. It's always exciting to see um, someone like that do well in the UFC. He's a very unusual character, I think, with his little hat and stuff, and so. I'm hoping he goes we've said it before Joseph that lightweight division is on a bit of a turnover at the minute and these new names are coming in and they've got an opportunity now to to take a scalp so someone like Ferguson might be available for a fight for him or or someone who's on their way down who we could take the name of and then leapfrog him much like Dariush has done and others and and go on a little bit of a run because there's some cracking fights up there imagine Fizeev against some of the the top lads there like Gaethje or someone like that it'd be brilliant yeah, I mean, someone else stating his, his name for maybe a physique shot. Potentially uh, shout out at a fortnight as well. Clay Guida still doing it at his age. Coming back to, to pick up a rear naked choke victory. So he's looking good. Uh, got a chance? I don't know. I do love him, though. I, I had no idea he was still knocking around. I've got to say, I, I, I associate him with my favourite era. That sort of like 2009 UFC 100 era Clay Guida. And to think he's still going and winning. Well, yeah, With the same haircut. And was he amazing. was he not meant to be fighting Barbarina? Because Barbarina fought on the card, but they fought different blokes. Hold on, I, I saw Barbarina. He won as well. No, 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 no. Matt Brown was fighting Barbarina. Ah, yes, yes. All these old lads still knocking about, make it confusing. No, it's quality, isn't it? <laughs> the old geriatric division is just superb. But back to Guida. Um, the same Barney. I always respect that. Someone who who, who yeah. sticks with the same haircut in all walks of life. He's, he's the Jerry Francis of the UFC. It's like, I found what I like. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I think that's what you're going for now, isn't it? The Clay Guida? I'm, I'm on my way. Yeah, I mean... He, you're on your way? He's, a, he's got that American call that I haven't really... I can't really put... And he's a UFC fighter, obviously, as well, which I can't, I can't really pull off, so... <laughs> I'll give it a go. But what a comeback, eh? Brilliant. Great to see it. Great to see it. And then finish off the 155s with potentially someone more likely to get a title shot. And it's Dariush up against Makachev. I think it's been officially announced now, February the 22nd. I think writing was on the wall, really, weren't it, with this one? It was just the blatantly obvious fight to make. But sometimes that doesn't always happen, is it? The blatantly obvious one is yeah. 
is not made because of politics or money or whatever. And I think uh, it was like literally the day after we recorded our last one, where we were saying this has to be made, and it got made. And I was, I was guessed. I was like, this is brilliant. This is the most. This is a proper number one contenders fight. No arguments at all now. Mm. Whoever wins this is in. It does make you think that Gage is getting the winner of this weekend. I would assume. Yeah, I would agree. But yeah, but then that's all always dependent on whatever happens in that fight. Anything can happen. Can mm. it? Can be a draw. Could so be. we'll see what happens there. But it looks like Gage will be next, which is which is good news, I think. But back to this fight. This is I think I think it's fascinating. I, I would not be surprised if uh, Darius wins this one because he he drags them into dogfights and he don't mind standing and trading and he's got the grappling to sort of uh, negate. I would say uh, you would say uh, Islam's uh, skills. So it's a very very interesting fight. I don't know if it's a five rounder, but I, I would say, love it. To yeah, be. I'm not sure. I think I think it needs to be. It has to be. A, it needs to be a five rounder. And I do think Darius. He's the perfect. I was going to say, he's the perfect person to show what Makachev is really made of, I think, really. And I know Makachev's at this point now where he's gone ridiculous amount of fights unbeaten and he's in a number one contender fight. So he has shown what he is made of. But I think someone who's really going to show it is Dariush. And he could give him a very good run for his money. Yeah, I'd like to see the odds on that. Because I, 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 I don't know who I want to win, you know. I think it'd be hilarious if Islam lost. Because Dariush... He's just the most normal-looking man <laughs> yeah. Yeah. of all time. I mean, you've got to respect the dad bod, don't you? But yeah. you've got to lean towards Islam, really. He seems to get better every single time. But at what a fight. Another one I would not want to confidently pick either way. No, definitely. 170 then. Kevin Holland has moved down, or he's, he's moving down to 170, and Big Chow has potentially got a fight for him. Yeah, uh, Nick Diaz, who we saw against Robbie Lawler, looking a cross between really, really sharp and good in times and just terrible at others. I don't know if that's the feeling you got watching it. Yeah, him. yeah, I know what you it, mean. It, when, when he first started him through that wheel kick that I would throw, <laughs> yeah. missing by a few miles. But he's, he's boxing, he was landing like every single time. It like fantastic mm. box that then would look awful then kind of gave up and stuff. And I think Kevin Holland is, it, I really hope this isn't happening because it's going to be a bit of a massacre, I would say. What, you think Kevin Holland beats Nick Diaz at this yeah, moment in time? Yeah. He's a, he's a, a middleweight coming down. Hmm. He's an animal. He's going to be standing with him. I don't know. I don't think that's a good fight at all. No, I know what you or, mean. Or on the contrary there, Joe, are you? Well, I don't, I don't know. What? Well, yeah. Now, now you sort of mention it, I, I know, I, I do see what you mean. Initially, I thought kind of good, two good characters to get into a confrontation. You know, it'd be quite fun. It might, yeah, that side of it, I agree. I mean, well, having said that, Nick Diaz, he ain't exactly the most talkative, is he? He don't, he don't really know. sell fights from that, from that side of things. But he is a very engaging character. He, when he does speak, you listen sort of thing. And Kevin Holland's just a joker. Yeah. So it would be very interesting. But I don't know. It's just a bit of a weird one. I did not see it coming. But this is coming from Chow. Exactly. So. It might just be former, Chow. Former politicians. So. <laughs> yeah. take, take, let's take a pinch of salt. All right. Big fight at middleweight then. Jack Amanson up against Sean Strickland. Obviously, Amanson took the uh, defeat to Hamza in the wrestling recently. Good fight, I think. Sean Strickland, February 5th, this one is next year. So a little while to wait. Uh, but it certainly will be a good fight. Strickland's showing lots of good things, hasn't he? I, I think... 
Yeah, potentially, I think the momentum's with Strickland. I think he could beat Hermanson here, which would be tough, because Hermanson, that, you know, he kind of burst, almost, not burst onto the scene, but he burst into the top five, didn't he? Uh, probably a couple of, what was it, 18 months? It was probably during lockdown, wasn't it, when Hermanson really started to make his name? Yeah, and, he beat um, Gastelum, didn't he? Yeah, and since then, perhaps a little bit downhill. And at this moment in time, I, I do lean towards Strickland. He, he's got that fire in his belly at the moment. Yeah, I, I think Strickland as well. I think it. I don't know what his grappling's like. Mm. Okay, yeah. I, th- I, th- I, th- I, th- I think it's okay. I don't think that's what he likes to do. I think he seems. He certainly seems to be like a, a big middleweight. Mm. Uh, Hermanson. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think um, Hermanson got sort of exposed a little bit in the Vittori fight. He's striking. He just got bullied. So I was wondering if Strickland can do exactly the same thing. Mm. And um, it's a big scalp as well. Yeah, I think he's still knocking around six or seven Hermanson. So that's exactly what Strickland needs to to get in there and be title shot from a title shot. Was it called number one contender of a number one contender? That's it. Yeah, official trademark. Yeah, you go. So I think he. I would go with him all day long purely because of the momentum he's he's got at the minute. I think he's quite a funny character as well because he's completely mental. He's nuts, isn't he? Yeah, he's nuts. Yeah. He's, he's not the full ticket, which is excellent viewing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what you need. That's what you need. Yeah, you do. So it, it sounds like, I think the other one's in February as well, the uh, Dariushan Islam. I'm hoping this is. is part of some kind of big pay-per-view that they've got going on, because that'd be a, a bit of a cracker if them two are on the same card. Um, and what else is in February, Joe, at middleweight? Izzy Adesanya and Whitaker. they're looking at it. We, we thought it was Canada or Seattle, yeah. remember? yeah. But yeah, I don't know where the whole Seattle, Canada thing come from, but they've gone with Texas, Joseph, the Lone Star State. Uh, that's going to be a cracker. Yeah, fair enough. I think I think the same logic applies. Get it out of their hometown and do it on neutral soil. I still think that's that, that's fine. We had uh, 205ers recently at the weekend. Jamal Hill returning back to winning ways with a big KO finish against the Crouton, which is always a shame. We are a big fans of Jimmy Crout uh, on Mustard MMA, so a bit of a shame, but Jamal Hill, you know, Got taught with a little, a little bit of a lesson by Big Paul Craig, if we if we could say so. Uh, so good to see him bounce back. I think he's uh, certainly got a lot of potential. Just needs that bit of experience, doesn't he? That bit of fight time. Yeah, shame for the crouton. I think he's started to go on a skid since we've <laughs> started calling him, him the crouton. Yeah, <laughs> he seems to dissolve like a crouton in soup. Really, said. ever since. So it's we, we might have to change it for for his own good more than anything else. But it's such a solid nickname. I don't think we can, Joseph. But Jamal here, what a win for him. This was the battle of the potentials, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And long way back for the Crouton. I think he needs to sort of start fighting behind him now, doesn't he? Get back and get some big wins. He's fought some tough lads. Um, Anthony Smith, that's a that's yeah. a tough one. I mean, to pay-per-view, isn't it? And Jamal Hill, he's, he's got all that potential and that power. So it was always going to be tough. But I, th- I think this is a huge win for Jamal Hill. I, I fancy Crouton here to get a win. Mm. I think he's a lot well-rounded and uh, surprised he got the win, but fair play to him. He's back on the horse and he could do some big things because he's not had many fights, has he? Not a lot at all. Not a lot at all. And I think to bounce back and win this one after his last one shows a lot about him. Yeah, I completely agree. So I'd like to see, I'd like to see him going on a little bit of a run now, but it's, it's, it's getting a bit packed up there. Cause I see actually Jan is fighting Yuri. Brahashka. How's that? No, no. Um, Rakic. You got Yan and Rakic fighting now, which is a quick turnaround for Yan. He's obviously a little bit, Pissed a little bit gassed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he lost the title, so he wants to get back on the horse. So that's a great fight. So light heavyweight picking up some, picking up some steam. Don't know where the series, don't know where he's fighting, but 
Yeah, some exciting fights there at 205, Joseph. And the heavyweights are going to round out the year, though. The yes. last event after this one. Your boy, Chris Dalkus, and your boy, Derek Lewis. Yeah, Dalkus, 4-0 in the UFC. A little bit different to maybe what some other kind of techniques and styles you've got in there. Up against Derek Lewis, obviously lost to Garn last time out. You know, potentially you look at Derek Lewis, like, does he even really want to do it anymore? I'm not sure he enjoys it that much, but uh, he is he is entertaining to watch a lot of the time. But you know, I think I think Chris Douglas can uh, outwork him here and, and pick up a massive massive victory, go five and zero at the start of his UFC career. Yeah, I think it's a very every time I start to write Lewis off, he comes back with a big win. He did it yeah. with Blazy. I've got a feeling he's going to derail this one, Joe. You reckon? Yeah, if it's in that small cage, I think it's just going to be one of those. This isn't allowed. You probably get dominated a little bit and, and mm. derail a hype train. I, I I say I hope not because I want Lewis to do well, but we've seen him add the chances, two chances at a belt, and it's time for some new blood. But I've got a feeling here he's going to he's gonna shock young Dalkers here a little bit. He could do, couldn't he? He definitely could do, Derek Lewis. He could knock anyone out, can't he, to be fair to him. Uh, he's a big boy. He's, he's a big boy, guys. He certainly is. He certainly is. The biggest news, obviously, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I mean, we've left it to almost last. Almost last. Do you want it to be last, last? Should we chuck in Eagle FC first? Well, go on in. Go on in. Chuck them boys in. Eagle FC. Ne- never heard of them. Never heard of them. That's Khabib's mob, isn't it? How is it? That is, yeah. That's what he's called it. Oh, is this a new... Do you know what? So this is, yeah, this is actually going to be their, their US on US soil debut. I'm an absolute mug. I read news that Khabib is starting Eagle FC in uh, California or wherever it is. I thought he'd started his own football team. <laughs> Eagle Football Club. Yeah, I thought, yeah, whatever. What's he doing? He must be bored. <laughs> oh, so it's a fight promotion. It Eagle is. FC. It is. Ah, yeah. uh, that yeah. makes a lot more sense. Yeah, Rashad Evans coming back at last. I think he was kind of talking about Bellator or UFC, UFC even, weren't he, for a return, but he's in his sign for Khabib in the end. Yeah, five and a bounce he lost in the UFC, 42 years old, which isn't that old, 42, mm. but it depends if he's fighting, I suppose. And a, a little rest, a little rest with a Swede might do him good. Um, he's He loves these mushrooms and, and stuff, doesn't he? He does, he's well into it, yeah. So maybe he's a new man. Maybe he's a new man. So um, to say I'm excited for it is a lie, but um, <laughs> fair play to him if he goes on a little bit of a run and gets paid. But like I say, it's who he's fighting is what matters. If he's fighting someone of a similar ilk, yeah, yeah. fair play, let him go. But uh, if he's fighting like a young killer from Russia, throw me out, I think. All right, well, you can... <clears throat> oh, he's got a, he made a speech, <laughs> the big one. Well, I was going to say, you can you can finish with your big news now. Big news. I was looking forward to this one. I actually said it. I was out on Saturday night. We were seeing promotions for it in BT Sports. Is obviously the footballers on. We're watching West Ham Chelsea. In between adverts, there was uh, BT Box Office, Jake Paul, Tommy Fury. Look at uh, Insta yesterday or the day before, whenever it was. Woodley is in. Tommy is out. <laughs> yeah. What is all that about? I yeah, I mean, pulled out. I, I, was quite, I was looking forward to seeing... A, what an actual boxer could do. I know Tommy Fury is uh, very inexperienced, but at least he has he is he has trained as a boxer. He is a he is a Fury. His brother is literally the greatest 
heavyweight boxer on the planet right now. So I was I was looking forward to it. And I, I wasn't expecting Woodley to just be there like, well, I'll have another go straight away. Uh, so I don't know, Woodley, you've got to think, uh, maybe he wants to get that one back. Perhaps he's like, well, maybe I'll just go for it this time. He's like, it's not often you get these second chances. Like, maybe Woodley can do it again. But I was, you know, I was super disappointed, obviously, in his first effort. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I was buzzing for it before with Fury and Paul. And I'm buzzing again for this. I don't know what it is. I I I I don't think he's got a chance, Woodley. Nah, yeah. Because he's. I think it's clever from uh, Jake Paul. I think he's. He knows he's not in fight shape, and he's old now. And I, I, yeah, I, I just can't see it. I think he's a lot bigger anyway. I just cannot see it. Nah, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I probably would say the same. Yeah, lean towards what you're saying. I think he's, I'm probably, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm really pulling for Woodley. Cause I think it would be a great story for him. But what does it do to him and his legs if he gets done twice? Yeah, you know, I guess maybe he just say, look, I, t- I didn't care. I was just doing it to get paid. He's always yeah, got that skin. in his pocket. Is, is he skin? Well, I mean, I think he earns half a meal every time he turns up at one of these fucking clown shows. So <laughs> he might as well do it. <laughs> to be fair. You would, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it for a fucking a grand. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to pay for them twiglets, haven't they? Exactly. Okay. Anyway, I think that wraps us up, Joseph. All right, nice one. Well, it's been enjoyable, Matthew. It's, it's been a pleasure as always. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. Check us out on Instagram, Mustard MMA. Check out mustardmma.com. I almost said www. again there. I, I don't know what's going on, but. Uh, Yeah, check it out. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks.